So behavior is being cloaked in entropy. That's literally what mm. you do when you make um, when you make private keys. Those private keys have to be a certain level of randomness and disorder to use to generate an entropy. Hey everybody, this is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either. But it helps. When you know you're being observed. All right, here I'm recording. Say that again. You said that you're different when the when the recording starts, when the camera turns on. And I think yeah. that's partially because you've spent your whole career being behind the camera recording other people. So you have a weird relationship with it. But I well, whatever I did that start reason, in front of the camera. Oh, that's right. What I was I, I was a I was a child actor. My mother posted oh. me in, oh. put me in front of cameras. Oh man. When I was young. My mother used to I don't record know if me. I don't know if I don't know if I'm qualified for this one, but keep going. <laughs> getting, getting into my therapy session here, huh? Yeah, right. No. Uh, so anyway, I have a, I have a, it's like I was basically birthed into the idea that I shall be captured. All isn't eyes that, are on Isn't you. that interesting? Yeah. I mean, you can think about it in a fuller concept. You know, if you, if capturing a human being is, uh, simply by photography it's like compressing Control, that moment it, yeah it will you actually you own that moment for for uh, yes yeah. yeah, so, no, exactly so it's uh <laughs> that's a lot of power over you right right so if you if you spend your opening you're captured all your years, moments are captured your life you is your nothing own, but moments exactly and all of them are captured if you spend your opening years with that kind of mentality that you're always I used to think as a kid that there was a camera around me, or I would imagine that there was, that I want one I, around me. I you know? used to think about that a little bit, like maybe my whole life's a TV show. Like what if I'm on TV, like, you know, like Steve Urkel and the, uh, and that family. Like, okay. from, yeah. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the sort of Truman show-esque. Yeah. That's how I right. kind of always thought about it. Is that how you did? No. See, I'm, or, I'm, okay. What I'm describing is something like I always wanted there to be a, um, I always wanted there to be a camera in the room. I knew that there wasn't. But how I was, many sex I tapes do you have? Uh, actually, I have. Uh, that's I shall not disclose. I shall not disclose. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, to protect uh, the innocent. Anyway, uh, so when you when you spend your opening years being captured, you you it creates a certain mentality where in your adulthood i would imagine and and say that the way it's manifested itself is it's like the desire to want to be seen i guess in a way yeah and is that balanced by certain parts of your life that you always want to keep from being captured like having that private part of you that's never whether it's inside of you or just like parts of your life that that's what you don't want to be captured like maybe it's just maybe it's just who, what you really think you don't want to be captured what you look like what you appear once you want that to be captured but do you want what's inside your mind to be captured so maybe perhaps that is um a 
protection device against being captured in a way is to right is to if you desire to be captured you can still keep the thing inside when they you know you can sort of mismatch however you want them to be but you have the keys i guess to your own thoughts in a way so that probably was what attracts you to bitcoin which is was created by cypherpunks right because what are the cypherpunks doing they were you couldn't you could see what they were doing you could see that they were transmitting you could see that you know they made a blockchain you could see that they were transacting but the, and they could capture that but they could you couldn't capture the the transmission like they've like what is act like the behavior is being cloaked in entropy that's literally what mm. you do when you make um when you make private keys those private keys have to be a certain level of randomness and disorder to use to generate an entropy so instead of using all the energy and power that you would need in the physical world to uh to create the randomness and unpredictability that the you know the state or whoever was your oppressor so they couldn't control you you created so much entropy in your uh, communication that no matter how much power they could and energy they could generate they could never have enough to defeat to unwrap the um that communication that information that protection of information they could see anything they wanted but they didn't know the motives they didn't know the details maybe maybe that's part of what attracted you to bitcoin as it kind of represents that evasion of capture without actually evasion of capture you know, through capture <laughs> well they they're always going to capture a certain amount but you can uh, evade the most important details the signal i would say that that's probably an apt observation as to why i might um gravitate towards it i can't tell you in all in, in a solid sentence of course not what, yeah. what keeps me you know thinking about this thing so often um but i did want to go back a little bit to the thing that you said about entropy you said that you had this line what did you you said you said it was a really nice line god i can't remember i wish i could play it back right now that, so that the entropy was um was creating randomness and and different possibilities and different different possible outcomes and that um with enough of that it becomes too unpredictable they couldn't capture it they could uh, they could keep control it, it yeah no it, actually i think i'm thinking about how it ties back to what you said last week which was about entropy something being measured through um oh yeah heat right heat yeah well yeah so um when energy is converted it gives off heat and it also is a part of that is entropy the more energy you transfer or convert the more entropy you create and that's what the future is I mean, this is according to like that physicist carlo Rovelli that i've been yeah. reading about i, 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 I bought book. that book but i, yeah. I it's going to be shipped so the yeah the, the the entropy that is a result of more and more energy conversion of state um creates the outcomes the possibilities um and every more more entropy more more possibilities so you're literally pushing forward time by following these different possibilities. So everything's just an event, a reaction of two um, objects in, at a moment in time. And you're just 
creating more of those moments in time um, and more possibilities. It's, it, you know, it's also more chaos disorder. So if you don't have the energy focused, um, you don't have control, then you, you know, anything can happen literally. And what you were also saying earlier about um, entropy and it, how it's tied to like actual heat. This is an interesting example you used is if you were, if you see an animal droppings and if right. steam is steam, rising off of it. Yeah. Because we know so, that heat can only move pass from a, a warm body to a cool body. Right. Um, and there's only so much heat. There's almost, you know, that was given off by that energy. So it eventually dissipates, right? And it becomes, everything becomes thermal equilibrium. There stops passing the heat and the cold back and forth, you know? And so no change I'm, in state. I'm tying this to um, Bitcoin in a way through this idea of the block height, right? Where we are at the block. Yeah. So if you can now think about, about it in terms of energy, and how much energy has been put into each one of these blocks, right? Right. As they cooled down in effect, right? As they, you only trust the most recent, you can only really trust the most recent blocks, right? No, you can trust all the blocks. That's what I'm, I'm not sure. What am I, where am I going with this? I think I'm going with this where you, it's like the, the, the hottest part of the block size is the current one, right? And the coolest is the- That would be the most work. That would, it would have the most work attached to it, theoretically. Okay. Like it, would be the, it would be the sum total of all the work that was required to get to that block. So that's like the chip of the chain. That is the, um, that is the current moment in time. Mm -hmm. Everything else is a, is a trace that's left behind. So mm -hmm. the thing about the thing about the past and the future is not, we don't, we only perceive a difference. There's, there actually is no difference between past and future. Mm -hmm. um, we don't, the, the, our vision is blurred because we don't see all of the little details of what's going on. So we perceive time as, as these patterns that we do actually recognize in that blur of what we don't recognize and it's different particular configurations and it's just, it's more entropy, but the traces of the past we can still see because we recognize those um, particular configurations even, but the particular configurations of the future, we, um, we can't perceive those yet until they've occurred. And then that's a particular configuration in the entropy that we recognize. And it exists in our mind as like a memory. Uh, but we, the future we consider to be unknown, it's just unknown to what our, um, what, what our senses have been evolved to recognize and how, they're, how they've been able to parse what's you know, our universe in light. But they're really in the physical sense or, you know, the greater sense. There is no real difference between the past and the future. It's just a different configuration of, in, in time. That's for so sure. The, the, but the, so the but blocks, the, the the that, blocks that are left behind. Well, just the fact that we can think forward and create our future. Those, so each block is a particular configuration. Mm -hmm. and, and it has to stay that way and that particular configuration is um it is completely recorded so our memories fade but that configuration is saved 
it's like the, the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. So much work had to happen for that configuration to exist in time. Mm -hmm. And it's, you can take a picture of it. You, it's there, you can see it, you can record it and you can save that. So like, you don't have to remember it. You can measure every bit of it. And that's what the blockchain is. It's a, nobody can obfuscate ownership of, of anything when we snapshot at that particular configuration in time, we can always go back and reference it and say, no, you didn't own this. It's not in this configuration of history. Your, your interpretation of, in, of history is incorrect. You know what I, I love is, is to tie physical, the physical world, the concepts in the physical world to Bitcoin. It's such an interest, interesting thing to think about how you can, do you, do you see where I'm going with this? Like, no, how... yeah, it's, 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 it's encoding the physical world into the digital world. It's, it's an encoding, like that's what we yes. do. And we, we're taking ideas and we talk about them or we write them down for authors. We're taking ideas from the ethereal realm and we're encoding it into our reality. Well, that's what, that's what it's doing. It's, it's, it's encoding the physical into this digital realm for the first time. So we can know when we have <clears throat> scarcity or we can limit things we can, we're, we're encoding those limits into the digital realm, those physical limits. Yeah. For the first time. Going so many places. There's a lot of good stuff here. That's hard to unpack. Um, it's uh yeah, you know, it's, and that's why gold didn't really work because money is information. We figured out a better way, a more efficient way to transmit information and gold didn't fit into that mm -hmm. because it was gold was the physical limits of the, of our world. And we couldn't encode that into the, into the information, the digital world, Bitcoin, we can now encode that and you know, translate it into in the information, the digital information realm. And that's why, that's why it will succeed where gold failed. In my opinion, my humble opinion. You had, um, I have some things written down here that I had on my mind, but I, I hate that um, I wasn't, I'm not in the same headspace. Um, you had a couple of, because we created too much entropy, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was something about entropy. It was something about entropy. But I talked about that already. Sort of the heat map of the block size. That's exactly. that's just it's such an interesting it's, thing. It's the the newest block is still steaming because that that particular configuration still is steaming, still steaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's still I mean? steaming. You're right. But even when it stops, we still have that. We still have that. We know it's old, but. You said this thing about the Grand Canyon being there, and I was just thinking of how it, uh, this is what I was thinking about. Thank you, God. I sent a tweet out, I don't know, yesterday or something about Knut Svend Homes, 21 everything million. Over everything, million. everything over 21 million. I thought about this idea that this, uh, these 21 million things of data that exist inside of the hard drives and the, um, and the network, basically, and the minds of the people that run the network, right? Right. 
the, if you think about it in cyberspace of like, if you think about space in, in general, right? Where there's floating rock in the middle of space and we manage to be on the, the earth, everything else outside is not existing. It's not surviving. So it's so um, crucial that you get a little bit of plot of spot where you are, you know, it's so it's such a critical thing. And in cyberspace, you can see that Bitcoin star or the Bitcoin stars just floating there. And I just like the idea of how you can tie the physical properties uh, into this sort of cyberspace. And then if you divide all of that by 21 million, yeah, it's like how valuable, how valuable right. is that? Exactly. Uh, it's, it's one twenty one millionth of everything. Of everything though. Of everything. Even your ideas. Because your ideas will ultimately you know <laughs> be what creates the real estate of Manhattan and it creates, you know, works of art. All of your and energy goes to build something. If you are worried about your survival, you don't get to have as many of these. You know, if you're right basically as we go further in the future, I'm imagining that the people who have Bitcoin will be um, more secure than the people who don't. The people that are more oh, secure, absolutely. if you are more secure in life, you can bring forth, you can grab ideas out of this world and you can, they can impregnate you and you can throw them into a, something great. Yeah, if and you, it's how it's, it is if how- you're in survival mode, you can't, you can't do anything but survive. You know, it's like a zombie. It's right. that zombie feeling. And what does a zombie need? It just needs to fucking survive. It doesn't just eats whatever it can. You know, once you have enough access to energy that you can have a safe place to live, feed yourself, kind of live your life without worrying about that security that you talk about. We have a lot more energy after that. Um, most of the time I do, I have more energy than I've need to exist in the kind of environment that I'm in that's secure. Um, before Bitcoin, you know, you kind of, that energy went to waste. It, was, it wasn't just the wasted energy that's coming out of the gas wells that it's capturing. It's also capturing the wasted energy that you couldn't reasonably save for the future when you had more of it now by capturing it into that form. Um, kind of what you're putting out into the world, what your, your, your productivity um, is going towards the energy production of your system. Um, and you're not getting a part, you, you haven't been getting your fair share. And now you have that opportunity. Because everything over 21 million means everything, in, including the works of your, um, that you produce, the, the, all the value that you produce in the world is part of that 21 million it's divided by. And if the more you own of the 21 million, um, it's like equity in the universe. You're buying equity in the universe. Do you think the dollar gives Bitcoin value? No. Talk about that it, for uh, a second, if you can. It's just, um, it's just information. 
like Bitcoin is. And right now that information network, the dollar information network is so much larger and it's produced so much more value in its time than uh, Bitcoin has. So it's that information is more valuable so you can exchange it. That exchange rate between the two um, is not what gives it value. It's just how you um, communicate or express the value you put into what you're spending it on. So whatever you spend a dollar on, you're communicating the amount of value you give to that item. So you're the one giving it value. Um, and the network that value is, is the, shifting energy rapidly, right? That value is shift, shifting rapidly. So that communication is... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit biased, but yeah. It's almost like as if a language is falling apart. Yeah, yeah. Or a, a system, a company, mm -hmm. a technology. It's just, it can't keep up. And the people who are in charge of it, you know, like when you got a startup versus a big established corporation, well, the people in the big corporation, um, they're not really incentivized necessarily fully to save the corporation. They're, they also want to save themselves. Um, so they might not have the incentive to take the risk to be as efficient or figure out what its competitor, that startup is, what value it's providing. Um, it's, it's just kind of ignoring it or trying to stomp it out if it can. Um, but eventually the, the more efficient system that people want to use, that's easier for them to use, that's more secure, uh, that will eventually win. It's just, uh, it's like survival of the fittest. It's evolution. The more efficient, the most efficient with its energy uh, tends to survive. So it becomes less relevant. Yeah, I could see that. Like you put, you put it, why would we, why do we put a dollar price to the to Bitcoin and assume that's the strength of Bitcoin, right? Right. But it's, well, it, it is, it is the strength of it at that particular moment in time. And, and that's all an exchange the, price it's is. It's just a moment. Of the dollar, right? It's the weakness of uh, the dollar. It is, it is, it is a representation of the strengths and weaknesses of each, but only mm -hmm. for that particular moment in time. Mm -hmm, and everything mm -hmm. changes with every moment in time. Mm -hmm. So the particular value of something or the particular perspective of size between two things in that moment in time is only capturing uh, one part of a much, much larger process. And you don't know where you're at in that process because it's so much bigger than us um, that that price at that moment in time is probably your best indicator of your short-term um, expectations mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. the next moment. But mm -hmm. after any, you know, it's like trying to predict the weather a year from now, mm -hmm. you don't have enough, you don't have enough information. The process is it, much, it's a huge process. You don't have enough information to predict down the road, but you can say if it's 90 degrees today, that it's probably going to be 90 or near 90 degrees tomorrow unless something drastically changes, but you'll notice that. Yeah, we all, we, I guess we have to develop all of these means in which we can record time, right? That's what we do. Yeah. I mean, we, we yeah. record data and we can use it to make predictions for the future, but 
um, we can only, we can't really predict the future. We can only predict kind of the trends. Like, are we going to keep following a trend? Because this trend seems to be much bigger than uh, any short-term moment, you know, short-term measure. I just think it's so important that this thing, um, that the thing that be recorded in, in all of our history be true, something that we all agree upon and created out of like, like hashing power. It's such a good idea. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's creating, it's creating new possibilities. Every right. day, you know, it's like trillions of new possibilities all the time. Um, so you had this thing about BSV that I was. Oh yeah, yeah. In. So first of all, we haven't acknowledged it, but um, congratulations to Hodel Knot. He won his his case against Fake Toshi. So you, everybody did, celebrated. That was like two weeks ago, but yeah, it happened. Did he? Um, did he give details about the case? Um, I mean, it's I don't public. know how it went. I just heard that he, I just, yeah, it's public. He, he was, he was sued for libel or slander, whichever the one that is, that counts for, if you tweeted it, called him a fraud mm -hmm. and the court, the court found that there was not enough evidence to, um, say that he's not a fraud <laughs> essentially. <laughs> so he lost, uh, and he has to pay hotels, um, court legal costs, fees? all his legal fees. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's wow, probably not so, going to get any of it, but he's ordered wow. to. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. So, do lawyers all operate like this, or they? I don't know. I've never really worked with a lawyer, to be honest. <laughs> this is terrible. I shouldn't admit this. But uh, do um, do they operate like that long? Do they think, okay, I'm going to get paid this much, this further down the line? Like I don't get paid right uh, now, or do you? Or do you normally? No, I think no. He was definitely paying his attorney. Okay. I, mean, you know, it's, I think it was tens or hundreds of millions of dollars, something like that. Wow. I think it was tens of. It was like fifty million or something like that. I could be wrong. Don't hold me to it. Wow, but I mean, wow, that's wow. why they had so many um, fundraisers and things like that to donate to his cause because it's expensive. And Calvin Iyer, the billionaire that backs Fake Toshi, was paying for that. He was financing the the lawsuit on the. <clears throat> On the Craig Wright side, why do you suppose he was? Why do you suppose he would finance that? I. Some people think it's because he's stupid enough to believe Craig. Um, he does seem stupid, so it's possible. Um, but he's getting something out of this somewhere. I don't know. Maybe he just likes Is it the so thing. he can push BSV as a as a real thing, and he needs a figurehead to do it. Possibly, I, I think maybe he believed in him at first, and at this point, he's invested so much into it that he just keeps going with it. Like he, he doesn't want to accept in. that it's not real. But the yeah, but that aside, like the the power dynamics at the top, it's like a a brilliant unintentional. Like they don't realize they're a part of it, but it's like a satire. Um, it, they're, they're like almost the ultra the worst trolls are like the most elite trolls online because no matter what evidence of reality is presented to them, they just double down and like they find a way to spin it and to keep going. Like there's nothing absolutely ever that could 
happen where they wouldn't think it was a like, good thing for them. Like they're like, this is a win for us. You know, like this is, we're going to show you. And it, there's nothing you can say. Like, so it's, it's, all you can do is get really angry online and it won't change, you know, it just feeds them, but it's, it's beneficial to us because one of the, you know, one of the thoughts in a lot of people's mind, especially if they went through the block war was maybe bigger blocks is the right thing. And maybe we were wrong. Maybe so far we've been right, but it, ultimately we're going to be wrong in the future. Well, we don't have to wander because they went and made them as big as possible. And it's just an absolute, it's like a, it's, it's so bad that it, if it seems like an intentional parody almost, <laughs> even if they don't know it, even if they don't realize it, it's, that's what they're doing. They're creating this art for us to, because I think most of them probably hold actual Bitcoin. They don't hold BSV. They just, it's a LARP. The price is nothing. Nobody wants that shit. So it's like, almost like the joke is on Calvin and, um, and, and Craig. They're the only ones going broke. It's not the rest of them, but it's like, um, you know, and it's like also the like fanatical zealotry towards the white paper that they have. That's like a, that's a pitfall that could be in our community too, where you kind of that first iteration of software, that moment in time that that software existed, we have a snapshot of it, that white paper, just what he thought of Bitcoin at that moment in time. Um, and being obsessed with following that instead of the spirit of the path that we had to follow, to build upon and getting caught up in, Oh, well, it says this specific thing. Well, it's like, well, no, that's, it's part of a bigger idea. So that like fanaticism for, you know, people do it with the constitution or the, with religious scriptures, they, they try to be to the fundamental level, like what it said in strict, strict interpretation and following of that. And it's, a, you know, it's one of those things that we look at and like, well, if you take it to the extreme, you're a clown show like these guys, <laughs> it's a reminder. It's a reminder of like the cult of personality around the founder and the creator in the, that cult of personality where they, whatever they want, it's like, well, you like, you almost worship them. It's Satoshi, whatever he wants. That's what we've got to go with. See, this but is where you see that played out. And it's such a joke in real life. If you do that, this, this is where my feeling of cryptocurrencies becoming a religion 2.0 because of the, it is like a faction that you're following because of some sort of doctrine. Yeah, your, your fork is like your denomination. Exactly. Right. So it's so crazy to think that you have these different religions. What are they? Bitcoin is a religion. Ethereum is a religion. You have BSV. Cardano is a Cardano is a fucking religion, right? And then they start getting sort of more dispersed and more ridiculous as they keep going and. Like, like BSV is the Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's well. Th that's how I think about them. That's what I would say. Right. You know, exactly. they. I, I think that the whole, they're most they're kind of like Christianity, but they're the crazy version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so isn't it interesting that you know you have this uh, the they religion existed the way it did? It just makes me feel like the, the, in the future um, we will have. We will it will just play out the same way that we did in uh in the times of religion as well just in a different context and a different plot i guess 
but it also it's made religious. me think about this idea. I have to say this is that this idea that about like Moses having the tablets coming down from having the Ten Commandments on these rock on this, you know what I mean? He has this rock right. coming down. That's the story. He comes down from the fucking mountain. He has this these right. two fucking rocks, and they have scribbles on them. And he's like, "This is this is the law of God." <laughs> you, know, you know, here you go, guys. So there, there's that it, story it, it that we all is. live by. And now, so if you fast forward to now, it's what do we have? We have the white paper. Right. So it's it's such a funny little. We have like a printed out copy of the white paper. <laughs> it's like it's like such a thing of the times. You know, we're not gonna have a fucking rock, bro. We're gonna have <laughs> our shits on a white paper, right? And and all really is is the code for how we think the best way is to interpret reality. Right. Oh yeah, that's nice. Both have that's all it is. Of, you know, it's it's not laws. Yeah. That, you have to follow or, you know, you're a bad person necessarily. It's just, if you follow these laws, you'll probably be more likely to be successful. The closer you stick to them and the better you understand them and what they're really so, supposed to mean and what they're so if you If you start to think about it in epochs, then I guess like, or epics, whatever you call them, epochs, because I always say epochs, but epics, yeah. right? I think it's these, epoch. The epoch, these, these large swaths of time. Yeah, it's, it's just, just you start to wonder learning. about like what's the what's the thing after the white paper? What what's that, what's coming in two thousand years later? And it's going to be some sort right. of laser mind <laughs> alterable, you know, reality thing that'll be the equivalent of the white paper or the Ten Commandments. Yeah, Use it for three D printing. Anything. <laughs> you just plug this in. It's like a microchip. You just plug it in. And it, you know that we're going to be 3D printing fucking spaceships, right? Food, spaceships, yes, guns, that's that's weapons, everything. Any, anything, wow. that be, can, anything that can be configured in space, we'll be able to 3D print it because we'll understand reality so well. Yeah, well, we'll, just have becomes, those, we'll, uh, just, we'll just have those instructions for reality. We'll just plug it into a 3D printer and it'll make whatever we want. Yo, houses will come with 3D printers. Yeah, <laughs> everything in the every everything in the house will come with a three D printer too. And you know what? This is what's going to happen. Houses will come with three D printers. They'll be hooked up to Amazon. <laughs> and no, I think three D printers you'll just have to pay Amazon out of business. Oh, really? You think it's the other way around? They'll spend all this money on all this logistical global delivery system, and then it'll just be decentralized, uh, and you'll just have. 3d printer in your house and you'll just make what you want you don't need amazon anymore the only issue is is that it become you still have it made out of this like you can't make it out of other materials you know it's hard to make it out of all right you you wouldn't have it in your house there'd be just like a big 3d printer factory in your city <laughs> and you just go you place your order there i think we have it in our house delivery just look we have delivery. we have personal computers and devices in our house right yeah that's yeah, true and computers used to be the size of buildings right that's true and now we just have them right in our you know where are you gonna get just, all that raw material though i have process pro, the, the processes of 
creating change. And I'm, I'm assuming they become more efficient over time. I could only imagine. Right. True. Right. So if we harness enough energy, because every time you have to keep on stepping up the energy that you harness, not, not breaking it down, which is obviously why the, the alternate thought of this, which is I used to be a part of this whole clan of stop using all energy, but now I'm like obviously reversed. Like trans energy. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm, I've definitely gone beyond that um, thought process. I forgot where I was going with this. Where energies was are, You need energy for the future, literally, if you want it to be a good future. You do need energy for the future if you want it to be a good future. That's true. And, where was I then? You're, you were just talking it. about how you were going to figure out a way to get all those, all that, all those physical raw materials into a small enough space right, where you can right, have right. that stuff in your house. Right. So, if, oh, a 3D printer in the house. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. So if if it's... For some things, yeah. It's like, what, what? which house would you choose, Dan, as the, you know, young, uh, on you know, professional uh, that wants to have a lifestyle of traveling from place to place? Would you choose... Airbnb, or would you choose a company that has a house that's all of them look the same and they all have 3D printers in them <laughs> for digital nomads that can travel to these? I'd go to a place where they didn't have real strict rules on how you could use your 3D printer to express yourself because uh, I think okay, there's going to okay. be a lot of like HOA rules and stuff that's like, yeah, you can use a 3D printer, but if it doesn't meet these specs, you can't. You can't put it here. Ah, so maybe there'll, there'll be a three D printer. going to be conformity arbitrage between countries, or something like this. No, I think it's, you know we're already doing that. They're not we're not using three D printers. But if you want to live in a neighborhood, you got to mow your lawn. You got to have your house look a certain way. It's like mm -hmm. there's you're you're still going to have to configure your reality in a way that is acceptable to the people around you if you don't want too much headache and lawsuits and people mm -hmm. trying to get rid of you. So it'll be the same with 3D printers. I mean, that, I guess that is what the arbitrage is. Like if you live in San Francisco, there's really, 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 really strict rules and it's impossible to get new um, building permits and um, new residential housing permits. Um, but if you go to Omaha, it's, it's, there's plenty of room. There's actually right now a house shortage, but you just know what I mean? The, the Midwest, it's, it's nothing compared to, the Bay Area or Los Angeles where you're at. So, so you think arbitrage is taking place. I'm, you know, I'm, I pay less for where I live. That's, well, that's true. That makes me think about these um, cities as these like stalactites in a way where they just like rise up into one center, right? Yeah, if you, the, the environment there is conducive to a very particular outcome of of development and there's really no other that it's only as there's a certain set of resources or scarcity that is involved that you can you can't grow any bigger you can't grow any higher like me or maybe not maybe it's the other way around i actually know that, that i disagree with what i just said i don't even know where i'm going with this yeah but it's I'm one of those rants yeah, I mean, like New York City, it's built upwards, but uh, now it's kind of crumbling 
in on itself. Right. So that's, I guess, despair. maybe that's what I'm thinking about. It's like you can only get so, so the, high. It can't keep growing. It can't keep growing until it addresses all the, you know, problems. And you can think about it in terms of height, can't you? Buildings, right? That's how we measure right. the amount of. Yeah, I mean, like, you look at a so much energy has been putting put into these buildings. So, uh, it, I mean, everything starts to relate to this sort of wave form or like a graph, right? You just start to yeah, see it exactly. in, in, in everything. So it's that's like how a, yeah. sort of thinking about it is like stalactites. Like a, a heat map. No, it, yeah, it's like the Grand Canyon. Or, yeah. The Grand, Grand Canyon, Canyon. Yeah. like that, that process of what is formed there is a representation of its past and all the energy that was involved in all the processes, physical processes that took place. When you see a giant city like New York City, it is a physical imprint, a physical evidence of activity, of a lot of focused energy by all the people through all the history that built that city or built that, you know, whatever you're looking at or not people that built it, or it could be, you know, water or just other physical processes that um, shaped it. But it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's objective, you know, you can see it, it's inherent. Uh, it's self-evident. That's what I'm looking for. There's no, you can't miss it. It's real. But in the digital space, everything can be, you know, can look extremely legitimate or extremely fancy or, you know, if you get a phishing email from somebody who put no effort into it, but if you get a phishing email from somebody who put a little effort into it, it looks like the real thing. Mm -hmm. um, but if there's no limits in that space, um, it's, you, you can't trust what you see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, unless there's work behind it. And then it's self-evident. But that's why those BS, that's why the BSV trolls are such elite trolls because internet trolls, like they, people can say anything, but the BSV uh, trolls, they're at least ostensibly mining and, and there's, there's all this money behind this proof of work behind it. It's not a whole lot, but it's there. How do you think that Bitcoin will affect architecture in the future it'll be more sustainable it'll be like the castles in europe rather than the, mm. you know the matchbox stick of matches that they put into building some of these structures here do you think things will look more like castles again i don't know if they'll look like castles in that same aesthetic but they'll be like the the same quality, like the roads in Rome that are still existing versus the roads they repaved 17 times in the past 20 years out here. Mm -hmm. It'll, they'll, they'll, they'll be more quality, higher quality. Mm -hmm. uh, for the places that have Bitcoin. In, yeah. It, so if you concentrate where the Bitcoin is all around the world, which is where everything divided by 21 million, and you... The look places at that, that like, are rich in Bitcoin will be if you, if, much well, more if you think quality. about it like if you think about it like Christmas lights all across the world, right? So if you are looking afar from down into the world, it's like Christmas lights all across the world. All those concentrations will look more put together when you go closer to them. 
I don't know how they'll look. I don't know how they'll look more if they'll look more put together. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe that's one way of of what it what that's expressing, like one of those they'll really look nice, stronger, maybe stronger. like a cathedral. Yeah, yeah, they'll yeah, sure, exactly, more sturdy, more quality, more craftsmanship. Fuck yeah, yeah. You, you can and you can just see how the craftsmanship of things. What do you do to look at the craftsmanship of a city? I guess you have to go to the capital, right? look at kids component parts you know you got lamborghinis and rolls royce well that's a lot uh -huh. more oh, craftsmanship a, than, nice. a, okay. than a ford taurus you know you've got <laughs> the architecture of the of, you know the streets how much how many cars are going down it the quality of those cars like we mentioned it's, it's everything you just break it down and look at the quality of, of the component parts and if it's really high quality you, you know you can tell from further away is it, it makes me think is that why we were so as a, i'd say as an americans you you sort of romanticize about european architecture would you say sure. that's true absolutely yeah. and is it because those things just lasted longer yeah i mean there's nothing the stuff that didn't last isn't there it's right. really, so it's hard to compare the right. stuff here you know it's it's new it's like yeah that you can look at that and be like, ah, that won't be there in 50 years. Well, another evolutionary, uh, that's another evolutionary sort of tie, right? Something right. or Darwinism of, of, right, the, of buildings, right? Things that last and things that don't interest. interest. Yeah. I mean, you might be in a, you know, in a suburb of a city and where you grew up and you're like, oh, this used to be a bunch of houses and this and that. And now it's a shopping mall and a parking lot. And it's like, who you go to, the Alps, you know, or you see some French Alps, a castle. It's like, that's not going to be gone in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be there. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. Things that, because they, it's probably that the stuff that requires more energy, more of a Think monument about it, like, to itself. When you ask that's the what question. That's the citadel like, is, right? Exactly. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. It was like, uh, what do you they talk about citadels, right? Like, what is it going to look like? in these places that have have it to citadels that's wow you the, know yeah, this is that fucking, idea, you know this is all of star wars isn't it <laughs> it's like <laughs> isn't that the direction it goes it's like star wars is like citadels they, these you could just think about these it's not like entire countries it's more into it feels more yeah, dispersed yeah, yeah. in that world doesn't it exactly yeah i see where you're going with that yeah for sure Anyway, that's probably where we're, that's where I think we're headed. How are you feeling? Pretty good. You, ha you have, um, you had something else that I wanted to address. And I wrote down so many things because I had so many questions. But I do want to get to Satoshi being CIA slash NSA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some people... It's just been on the timeline recently. It's a post about, you know, what if he was a NSA agent or the CIA and they created the ledger to be public so that they could always trace, you know, or easily, more easily trace, you know, crime transactions, drug transactions, et cetera. And that's a logical explanation. Uh, it very well could have been that. Um, I don't think it matters, but I'll, before I say I don't think it matters, I also think that 
it may the public the ledger being public may have just been a trade-off a deliberate trade-off or non-deliberate maybe it was just luck um because maybe that's public the the fact of that ledger being public was what it the characteristic characteristic it needed to not be killed by the state early on if it was too private it was too effective um, they may have shut it down right away but the fact that it was public um maybe that's a trade-off that we all have to accept and he had to accept when he made it that it would you know they couldn't stop the transmission but they could always see it but you know we could always see it too it's transparent and because it's limited uh to 21 million it's you know if we're better custodians and we win meaning whoever they is to you um whatever your enemy is they have just as much of a chance at controlling it as you do so if you win there's only 21 million so they there's not they, they don't have the access they don't have the access to energy and power to to stop you once you take the lead if you can maintain if you can hold it you can hold it that's the whole if you can hold it right if you and can so fucking you're, hold it. you're incentivized to work together and to to make a better system and you can keep them quote unquote at bay the state so you know if he was a cia then it doesn't matter because we, we have equal chance now and you know there's also he was a cypherpunk obviously he was inspired by some of the great like nick zabo and hal finn and adam back that his work you know he gave us a technology but his code his process his work is art it's not just a technology and that art was inspired by those before him like john nash is another one some people think that he may be satoshi the great mathematician they made the uh, movie a beautiful mind about him with russell crowe and he wrote about energy money he had a book or it was in a book about energy money and it basically described bitcoin he was a he was a, he also worked in cryptography too so it was like you know the coincidences are so um there's a lot of them and he died in like 2015 which would make sense the, the idea that satoshi's dead but either way even if he didn't write that his and he was part of that inspiration so he did in a sense write that in the sense that it never would have his ideas weren't he didn't put those out there then it never would have been manifested the way it was and all that inspiration is deeply rooted in like that anti-state using the cryptography the entropy to keep the prying eyes out from capturing it um so even if you did work for the cia the, his art that he created was was inspired by everything that works against his employment or his employer or what he was supposed to be doing um so it it couldn't be too bad or it couldn't be a trap even if it was maybe developed to be a way to track things that would seem you know that, that would lead you to believe that it was a trap even if it was maybe if it was deliberately built that way subconsciously through that inspiration it sabotaged itself you know that idea sab sabotaged the, the mission that it started out as
you know, I had a thought there and I'm trying to grab onto it as always. Um, no, there's something about, um, What other questions do you have? Thank you. Um, do you think it was a spook? Do I think who was a spook? Satoshi. Oh, that's where we were, Satoshi. That's what fucking happened. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Okay. I, th I think that's it's interesting that Satoshi remains the every person. You know, it could be anyone kind of thing. And maybe that maybe that maybe that ambiguity makes you value your node a little bit more, value mm. your self custody a little bit more. Maybe not knowing, maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean that's a very, to, I mean such a powerful concept. The people that used it first, they probably had the same question as the CIA, and it was much more consequential to them because if they were sending it back and forth one of the first you know handful of people to use it and it was a trap they could have been arrested uh but you know taken in easily and some people were for using it for like the silk road they got um they got ross so the people that used it first you know they had a lot of incentive to really dig deep into that art that code and to examine what it did and learn how to use it and just understand it and uh seems like they did that due diligence for us and people have been doing adding to that due diligence sense and so far it seems like uh it's a net positive to bitcoiners <laughs> do you think that um do you think that satoshi will be revered as jesus is revered today yeah that's uh in the magnitude maybe I don't know if I would say the same, um, in the same breadth. I think, it, I don't know if he'll be revered as a religious. I mean, he already is, you know, so it's possible. Look, Jesus is an image, right? Right. Symbol. It's a symbol. The man himself, we don't have a photograph of him. So we don't know, but he has this image. Right. And he made a sacrifice. He has all these stories surrounding him. And through that, he created, uh, there, there was birthed so many different ideas out of that, right? And, wait, and ways to live and ethos. Right. So I would say that um, because of what Satoshi has created and the timing in which he has created it, I feel like we're at the beginning of some, like if I, if I, I, think, if so I think about, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's like, are we, the, are we in the Jesus times? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're, are we, are we the disciples? I think of it more like, are, are we in the manger? You know, are we primitive? Are oh we, yeah. Are we like yeah. the three wise men? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Are basically are we milk and goats? Are we? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. And we're in that era. So where? So, so two thousand years down the line, 
what the fuck does that look like? I could, who can even say, right? Yeah, you can't. There's no way to predict that. But I think it will ripple through the future um, and definitely be remembered positively by most. Yeah, I guess there's no way. Some people of, won't uh, believe it. Some people will never believe it. And some people will have competing ideas. It's almost like the, the there's the Ten Commandments and then there's the Scripture, basically the Bible, right? And then there's the white paper. Well, the, and the, the Ten and Commandments is part of the Bible. Uh, so, but the, the I feel like the Ten Commandments are what created the Bible, not the other way around. No? Well, it came the, before, the, right? It, the Bible is a record. Well, no, because it, 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 it's a story at the beginning. Okay. So it, it's kind of a origin story. It's part of the story, but it's the origin story at the beginning. You're learning about the, the most fundamental argument, and then everything kind of flows from there. Right. They were, you know, it was people were wandering and they were wandering and then they, they got the 10 commandments and it provided right, a so blueprint you have to and they built up. on that blueprint. Got it. Okay. So I'm making a bad connection. So time, here. you know, it's where time kind of started for, to be more focused and go start going in a direction. The plot started. The plot started plot. the big yeah. bang of, of the plot. That's true. But there's like a, what's the earliest text of all time? Is it that we can to date? It's, I don't know specifically what it is. Um, I think they've got some writings from, you know, in the Far East in India, and they've got some from the Middle East. Um, so I don't know exactly which one is what they consider the earliest right now. Hmm. I don't know why that matters. Um. <laughs> no, it, it's you. You can kind of see what uh, I had that, okay. that moment in time and see what they were thinking about, what they valued. Um, I have a laundry list of things I want to ask you. How are you feeling? I can do fifteen more minutes. All right. Do you want to do fifteen more minutes? Might as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. All right. Uh, I was thinking about last week where you talked a little bit about um, it's not just the uh, you basically were, were talking about this trip that I would take to uh, Omaha, right? I would walk. Oh yeah, if you right? walked or if you flew. If I'm the message yeah. and I need to get to Omaha, I'm the message, right? right? I'm the thing that's coming. Right. right. Uh, it'll take me, yeah, I'm the information. It'll take me much longer to get there or unless I just take a plane and get there, right? So I was thinking about this sort of means of speed of sending messages and how um, you need to be able to send, a, the faster that you can send a message, like I was texting you something and I realized that I texted you like three words as opposed to the whole sentence. So it took me less time to make that message, first of all, and you still get the gist of what it's saying. You see what I'm saying? Right. So 
So that's basically a, less of a cost to me. And uh, it allows you to get the same benefit, right? Right. So there is an importance to sending or having a speed of message, right? There's a very good importance of how, how fast can your message get there, but it's also important to know how fast your message can be understood. This is something I was yes. thinking about, right. interpreted, right. which right. is something also that you mentioned last week about this on the mountain, you have to put one sign that's going to warn the people about the toxic, whatever inside of the nuclear, how, waste, to, keep, yeah. how to keep them out. What sign do you use? It's like you have to communicate it as fast as you can, but have it extend out through time. So how much entropy will that message go through and still be able to be understood, I guess, is right. where I was going with that. I thought that was interesting. I don't know. <laughs> Did you have a question about it? <laughs> no, usually I feel like the beginning. Yeah. You could just rip riff on that. But uh Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's I always expect I always like pass it off off to you to riff. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, dude. It's my uh No, you're good. It's, it's my uh, nature. It's a good point. No, it's the speed of transmission includes the speed of download and under you know, able mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. interpret, right? So you're sending me or we're communicating in time because you're in your thousand miles away more than a thousand miles away so we're, we're in different times literally mm -hmm. uh, but we have enough energy that we're able to overcome that and the split second of of difference in quote unquote time that it takes for us to hear what we're saying you know if i were to just scream into the void like i wouldn't scream it wouldn't be the best communication i would have to write down a sentence in a bottle and send it to you with a pigeon or on a train or the pony express or walk it out to you myself if we had to have a conversation like that it would take years to, to have this conversation we're having now so we're exchanging this information and we're understanding what we're saying because you know you would send me that message back and i'd get it a few months later and i forget the question that I asked you that you just answered and I would, what is he saying? Why did he send me this message? It's like you get a message back. It just says, so absolutely. Easily. <laughs> so that's you why. Have no idea what you have, yeah. So to tell you, to communicate to you now, I can use very few words, very few little information and you get it. You get yeah. the point that I'm making. So now if you wanted to get a bigger message out to more people, you don't have to have, an entire scripture of a framework of an origin story, everything that goes through. It's like, because it's, I don't need all that context. Mm -hmm. I can get you that information that, you know, it's something that's going on. I can just use a picture and like some words and send it in millions, billions of people can read it. And, and if it's crafted correctly and it's referencing something that we're all experiencing or we have experienced, um, very little information is needed to get the point across. I don't have to build all that context. I'm saving all that space of building all that context so that you understand because it's so fast. And hey, I need 10 minutes. I know exactly what you mean. It means you need 10 minutes for us to do this, to start recording. You know, I don't need your life story of 
and how we should start a podcast together. Do you want to start in 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah, you have all this context, of course. Yeah, right. The, that's so it's and it's important to be able to communicate it that quick which means you can make you can make much quicker decisions i guess yeah you you would be able to back in the day you can you can cut through the noise to find the signal much easier without us you know without all that context all that noise yeah no you can yeah that's um you You're bypassing make, a lot of entropy to so I can see a configuration and get it right away because I know that configuration very well. It's not like a memory, mm-hmm. or it's not like you know I'm not ha- I'm not trying to uh, visualize all of this. I've already seen. I know everything that's going on except for that little extra piece of the puzzle that you just filled in. I just it's like I think about how many decisions that I can make um at my own leisure it's like i'm not out in the woods yeah the access to what's happening in the world yeah exactly i have in your pocket so you can make decisions and know like oh this is a good idea even compared to what's happening in antarctica Mm -hmm. right now i know antarctica is not getting hit by an asteroid right now so i can focus on ordering a coffee <laughs> and all these efficiencies around me have existed exist as well right so right, i, I so interact like, no, with these efficiencies even though the news is full of terrible stuff that's meant to give us anxiety and have political fights it's also a benefit because now we know what's going on just about anywhere in the world almost mm-hmm. in real time mm-hmm. and a lot of worries about well you know if a nuclear bomb went off in Russia 100 years or 50 years ago, or, you know, something terrible happened, a war started, we would know right away. And we might make decisions, like we might go buy a house in Ukraine right before Russia starts raining down bombs on it. Right. We didn't, we didn't know the war already started. <laughs> so it helps us make better decisions too. Because we know about things uh, more, more, more quickly, more so easily. Is- this does relate interestingly it's like this speed and the speed in which you can distribute the message and how that if that message can be widely distributed like if you have the the kind of message that would be widely distributed like that ties into you can sort of scale that through time as well yeah you know how to craft a message that will catch everybody's attention because you know the context around everything and like what they're probably thinking about what they're probably valuing right now. So if, if everybody around the world, which I presume they value safety and security and peace and staying alive and a nuclear event happens or an asteroid's coming, well, you know that that's going to be the most important thing. So you can, get that message out to them and you know, it'll spread if it's real and you can, uh, you have the uh, credibility that they should believe you. It's like, you know, everybody's going to be interested in this information. So I'm going to share it. How do I make it so that I can share it and it will be 
immediately valued or recognize that it's a valuable piece of information. They won't have to look at it too hard. It'll just be, oh shit, I got to spread this. All right, I, I got to read this. Or I got to hold Dennis on Porter, to this. Dennis Porter breaking. <laughs> well, nobody listens to him anymore because he cried wolf too many times. But that was how you got people to pay attention by using that in capital letters. Breaking. This is new information that I might want to, I might mm. learn from or I might, might need to know. Well, they're, you're right. They become sort of, they, they often, you know, it's sort of a meme on, in and of itself that right. people are and saying breaking all the time, right? Twitter is, a, it's like trained us how to communicate important messages in 280 characters. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't write me a novel. You got 280 <laughs> characters, make it concise. That's fair. That's totally and then fair. people are like, well, I only have 280 characters, but I can make a meme and that only counts as one character, but I can fit a lot of information into that one character. Then this was a good night, I would say. Yeah, it was a good one. I enjoyed it. Cool, man. I'm going to stop recording. Oh, hold on. Make sure you buy your ticket to Pacific Bitcoin. It's in like, by the time you hear this, it's in like five days. I don't know what percent off you get, probably nothing, but it's worth the price just to meet everybody and to, to create more entropy, more possibilities for your future. That's true. If you come out to Pacific Bitcoin, uh, you'll, you can meet Dan and I. And won't that be fun? We'll smoke you down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever you need. Anyway, yeah. All right, bro. I'll uh, stop for Thanks again for listening to the High Hash Rate podcast. You can find us at, at High Hash Rate on Twitter. Or you can hit up uh, Dan at Heartland Bitcoin on Twitter. And myself, Mike, I am at Run Dance BTC. Yeah.